Hey, this is Sarah Marie, and you're listening to the Soul of Worship, Are You Making a Sound podcast. Here, we study the Word of God in an effort to get to know Him more deeply so we can worship Him more authentically. In the Soul of Worship online Bible study community, we are currently deep diving into the book of Psalms and unlocking the power with prayer and praise. To make these studies more readily available, I will also be loading the audio from our weekly lunchtime live recaps to the Soul of Worship podcast. If you'd like to join our Monday night Zoom discussions or get the PDF downloads, you can register at www.soulofworship.com forward slash online Bible study, or you can create a login to the workshop, our online learning portal at soulofworship.com forward slash workshop. Thank you for being here, and I pray that God speaks to you throughout today's class. God bless everybody. Sarah Marie here, Soul of Worship Ministry. We are going to start our lunch time live. I am um, glad that you're here with us today. And so we are going to get started right away um, this afternoon. Let's see here. Who's Who's got us here? Let's see. Did I accidentally pause this? I think I did. <laughs> I see Gidget. Okay. Amen. I think I accidentally paused my life. Please somebody tell me that you're still seeing me and hearing me. Okay. <laughs> um, what did I do? Let's see. I'm going to go back into it. Okay. No, I think we're good. I think I just pressed the wrong button. Okay. So we are um, going to get started right now. In the name of Jesus, amen. God bless you. We are in our lunchtime live, our weekly recap of our online Bible study. God bless you, Sherry. Uh, God bless you, Gidget, um, and all those who are joining as well. Say hi in the chat. And um, as Gidget said, she said, I'm going to share as we wait. Yes, go ahead and share as we're about to get started. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to jump right in. So, Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your love. I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for your goodness, God. I thank you for uh, the forgiveness of sins. I thank you, Lord, that you are, um, you're here with us, that you are God, Emmanuel. You are always here with us. And so we are so grateful that we can tune in to your presence, Lord, that we can um, get connected to you in this hour, Lord, as we study your scriptures. I pray that your word would come alive in us. Lord, we know that your word is living and it's active and it is sharper than a double-edged sword. So we pray that your word would be effective in our hearts today. And that you would bring Holy Spirit conviction, Holy Spirit revelation, Holy Spirit truth, wisdom, knowledge, everything that we're looking for, Father God, because we just want to understand you more. We want to draw closer to you. Um, and because the more we know you, the more authentically we can worship you. And so, God, we thank you. We give you glory. And we ask you to take complete control of this time, Father God. Speak through me in this hour, Lord. Let it not be me, but just you and your word and your truth, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. So God bless you, Pastor Selena. 
All right, we are jumping in. So we are in Unlocking the Power with Prayer and Praise by doing a deep study into the book of the Psalms. And it has been a wonderful, powerful time so far. We are in week 19 of this study. And so if you've missed previous weeks, I really do encourage you to backtrack. And you can pick up really anywhere um, and truly gain something from this study. Um, but we are in week 19 for this, our discussion today, I'm going to do a quick recap of what we talked about last time, and then we're going to dig deep into this week's theme, which is Psalm 51, the prayer of repentance. Uh, then we're going to talk about some key takeaways, how do we apply this to our lives, um, next steps, announcements, how to stay connected with the Soul of Worship ministry, and then if anyone has a prayer request, we will take those at the end. So what did we learn last time? We were, for the last several weeks, we've been talking about the many different ways in which we can draw closer to the Lord, the many different ways that we can express our worship, many different ways that we can praise God, right? We talked about clapping. We talked about shouting, singing, making music with instruments. We talked about lifting up our hands. We talked about, you know, many different things. And then specifically last week, we talked about what kind of feels like an opposite, right? But it's being still still in his presence. And so being still before the presence of the Lord is worship too, right? And it's not the same thing as going, I'm not going to talk to God. I'm going to ignore God. I'm too busy to, to, to be with it. I'm silent. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about being still, having a purposeful time when you are sitting before him, you are kneeling before him, you are bowing down before him and waiting for God to speak. And so worshipful silence um, is a sign of humility, right? It's a sign of that you're confidently expecting that God's going to respond. Um, and it's also a submission to God's strategies, right? It's a submission to say, I've asked for all these things. I've been worshiping you, Lord. Now I'm going to quiet myself down so that I can see what you want me to do. I see how you want me me to, to go about, you know, um, the, the, what, the problems that I got going on, the things that I got going on, what are the strategies? And so we talked about how stillness is really the opposite of worry, right? When we're worried, we're frantic, we're running around trying to find a solution, but no, instead, when we're purposefully silent before God, we're asking him to quiet us with his love. We're asking him to instruct us on the strategies for how to fight our battles. And it's in that quiet expectation of divine aid, right? It is, we're waiting with confidence that God's going to show up, that God's going to speak, that God's going to reveal, that God is going to do what only he can do. Um, and then we talk kind of like to wrap up this um, several week study that we were talking about the different ways that we can worship God. We talked about the seven ways to saturate our prayer time, our devotion time, our one-on-one -on -one time with God with worship. Um, and so we talked about how we can enthrone God, encounter God, enlarge God, enjoy God, enlist God, expectantly wait for God, express gratitude towards the Lord. And so, and in all of these different ways, we can be doing different things. We can be shouting, we can be dancing, we can be, you know, quieting down. And so your time with the Lord doesn't have to look the same way every single time or throughout that time, right? He can take us through a beautiful journey every single day. So once again, that was just a recap of our, uh, our conversation last week. And that really kind of close up that mini series that we were doing. And so today, especially as we are in Holy Week, right, we are honoring the Lord and his 
beautiful sacrifice that he did on the cross for the redemption of our sins, right? The redemption of our souls for the forgiveness of our sins. And so this week we are focusing on Psalm 51, the prayer of repentance. And so we know that all scripture is inspired by the Holy Spirit. All scripture is powerful. All scripture is meaningful. But there are quite a few Psalms, right, that truly stand out, right? We think of Psalm 23. We think of Psalm 121 or maybe 91, right, or 150. Um, there's some that are just become favorites of ours. And Psalm 51 is kind of one of those Psalms that truly stick out as being very, very special um, and something that we can all relate to. And so Psalm 51 is what's considered a, a psalm of confession or a psalm of um, repentance. And there's actually seven songs of confession or repentance in the Psalms. There's Psalm 6, 32, 38, 51, which we're going to talk about today, 102, 130, and 143. But Psalm 51 is probably the most well-known. And so these Psalms all express deep sorrow for sin, right? And and it, it shows that the heaviness of it, the 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 weight of the sin, the the wanting to no longer be part of that, um, and knowing that it's only only God that can take us out of that dark pit. And out of these seven songs of confession, five of them are written by David. So truly, we, we talk about David so much. We talk about how powerful um, of a worshiper he was and king and warrior and all of that. But remember, he was still human and he still made mistakes and God still called him a man after God's own heart. And I think it's because... He, al he didn't allow sin to take a deep root and, and allow him to pull him away from the presence. He it, Sin broke his heart. And even when he did fall, he came back to the Lord in repentance. And so these songs of confession and these songs of repentance really remind us that we're all born sinners and that we are all in need of a savior, right? They help us to recognize our sinfulness. They help us to express our sorrow. Um, and we can use these scriptures to come to the Lord with repentance. And we can ask for God's forgiveness so that he can also wash us and purify us and renew us and restore us into rightful relationship with him. And so Psalm 51 also reminds us that if we're not careful, it is very easy to fall, right? It is very easy for even a man after God's own heart to get entangled with sin. And so especially when we're on fire for the Lord, especially when we're doing what he's called us to do, the enemy is going to try to find a way to slow you down. He's going to try to find a way to take you out. He's going to try to find a way to distract you and, and to get you, you, you know, entangled. But we have to stay on guard. We have to stay on guard so that we can we can spy the enemy right away. You, we can notice and take notice of when he's trying to slip us up. And then we, um, we're, we're sure that we're taking action to not fall, right? And so it's very, very um, important for us to always keep our eyes open and be on guard. Yes, yes. Ruth says, my God, may we always stay at your feet, recognizing you as Savior. Amen. Amen. Um, but then also, this also reminds us that if we humbly come back to the Lord, 
with a broken and contrite spirit. No matter what you've done, there is no place and no thing you could have done that God cannot forgive. God is so merciful and he will restore us if we come back to him in humility and say, God, I've sinned only against you, right? I've sinned against you. You saw me, you saw what I was doing. And Lord, I I don't want to be like that anymore. I don't want to be away from your presence. I don't want to be like those other people. I want to be with you. And God, again, is so merciful. And so we can be confident in that because we also have to be careful because the enemy again, will take advantage and he will take advantage of you when you're at a low point and he will say, oh, God's not going to forgive you. Why even bother? Why go to church? Why are you going to go back to that place when look at all the things that you've done? And we have to rebuke those thoughts because that condemnation that comes from the enemy is going to try to pull you away from God. See, conviction from the Holy Spirit is different. Conviction from the Holy Spirit says, yes, I'm in the wrong. This is sin. This is a transgression. This is an iniquity. But let me go to the feet of God and let me ask for forgiveness. And I know that he will restore me. Right? Conviction draws you to the Lord. That's what the Holy Spirit does. The enemy will try to condemn you so that you feel like you can't go back. So that you feel like you're a lost soul. And and that's not the truth. We want to always say, what voice am I hearing? Is this Holy Spirit conviction or is this the devil trying to condemn me? All right. And when you recognize what's the result of that thought, choose the voice that's it, that pulls you closer to the Lord. And so, um, so again, we're going to focus on Psalm 51. I want to read it all the way through. Um, I believe this 19 verses, and then we're going to go back and break this down. So right away, Psalm 51 has the notes at the top. It says to the chief musician, a Psalm of David, when Nathan, the prophet went to him after he had gone into Bathsheba. So we immediately know that this is talking about what happened in second Samuel chapter 12. We know that this was after David committed adultery, after David committed murder, after he tried to cover up his sins, right? So we know exactly when this was written. Okay. And we also know, and which I think is super powerful, is that he wrote it not as a personal psalm. He still, when he chose to finally come to the Lord in repentance, he says, I'm going to write this song and I'm going to send it to the chief musician. I'm going to send it to my choir master. I'm going to send it so that others can also hear, this was his public confession, but also that they too can sing this song and they too can receive the mercy of the Lord, right? This is, we've talked about what it means to say to the chief musician before that this was, it was sent to the worship leader so that when they got back together to to worship God in in the tent, in the tabernacle, that they would be singing this song. So right away, again, we know the context of this song. So verse one says, have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. 
Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part you will make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow." Make me hear joy and gladness that the bones you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. Then I will teach transgression, transgressors your way and sinners shall be converted to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God, the God of my salvation. And my tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips and my mouth shall show forth your praise. For you do not desire sacrifice, or else I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. These, O oh God, you will not despise. Do good in your good pleasure to Zion. Build the walls of Jerusalem. Then you shall be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness, with burnt offering and whole burnt offering. Then, you sh then they shall offer bulls on your altar. So again, that was all of Psalm 51. Pastor Selena in the chat over here on Facebook says, I love that he shared his heart condition with his chief musician. Today, we all benefit from the power of his testimony. Yes, yes, yes. So good. So here we have right from the start, the direct plea for mercy, right? Have mercy upon me, O God. And then, as I said before, the title of the psalm gives us the tragic context for David's plea for mercy, right? We like I just said, he had sinned in murder. He had sinned in adultery. He had sinned in covering his sin for about a year. And he was in, in hardness against the repentance, right? It wasn't until he had this bold confrontation from Nathan the prophet that kind of shook him out of this condition that he was in and brought him to this place of repentance. Again, if you want to read more about it, it's found in 2 Samuel chapter 12. But once David was shaken, once the Holy Spirit brought this, this, this confrontation through Nathan the prophet, David came in honesty. David came in brokenness before God. You know, what I do love throughout this whole time is that David did not make excuses for what he did. He did not try to justify his actions. David confessed that he sinned directly against the Lord and that he did evil in his sight. He goes, I chose to do evil and I know that you saw it and I knew that you were looking and I still chose to do that. Lord, have mercy upon me right? So many times we try to justify our behavior. We might say, I'm sorry, but dot, 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 right? Even sometimes when I think of when we try to forgive each other, right? We might say, you know what? I'm really sorry for the way I responded to you, but 
you really should have done X, Y, and Z, or you should not have come at me like that, right? Like we always try to justify for why we're actually right in a situation. So are we truly apologizing when we're always trying to make excuses for our behavior? David didn't do that. He didn't say, I'm just a weak man and this beautiful woman was before me, or I'm the king, I could... I can't be public about this, right? People are not gonna, gonna wanna follow a king who does all this if they know that I put my own man in danger to kill him, to cover this up, right? No, he just once, maybe he tried to cover it up for a year, but once this confrontation came about, he knew that he was wrong and he needed to simply confess and confess directly. Again, David might not have fully repented for a whole year, but in verse three, he said, my sin is always before me, right? He knew he was in the wrong from the beginning. He likely already had that Holy Spirit conviction that whole time. It was front of mind. And when you're in, especially a hidden sin, a sin that you're trying to make sure other people don't know about it. You don't want people to know that you're addicted to this or addicted to that or that you are, you know, committing adultery that you, it takes pressure it's that that's a heaviness that is a bondage when you're trying to hide it it's almost harder to hide it than it is to confess because there's that heaviness and you're always thinking about whether or not you're going to get caught or not caught and, and and it's just it's always it's just this constant um anxiety and that is likely i would think what david was experiencing when he said my sin was always before me he was always thinking about what he had done and yet, and David used several words to speak of his offense against the Lord. He talks about his transgressions. He talks about his iniquity and he also calls it sin. Okay. And so the different, you might say, okay, what are those differences then? So transgression, it's, it's, um, more along the lines of crossing a boundary, right? You transgress, you trespass, right? And so the boundaries of the Lord are this narrow road. And so when we cross over into an activity that we shouldn't be doing, when we cross over into a place where we should not go, we are transgressing the boundaries of the Lord. We are crossing the boundaries of righteousness. Iniquity is more related to perversion. It's more related to twistedness, right? It's doing something that you know is so wrong, but in, in that moment, your, your thinking is perverted and it's twisted to think, well, maybe it's okay if I do it this way. Oh, it's not that bad if I do it that way. That's kind of where iniquity comes in. And sin in and of itself just means falling short or missing the mark. Something that you should have done X and you did Y, right? And so you missed the mark completely. And he used all these words to describe what he had done. Truly, it was um, he knew he was in the wrong and that he had crossed many boundaries and that he had sinned before the Lord. And yet in all of this, David asked for mercy according to the measure of God's loving kindness, according to God's character. He, he's, is pretty much saying, I don't deserve forgiveness, 
but because of your love, because of your tender mercies, because of your loving kindness, would you blot out my transgressions? Will you blot out my iniquities? Will you blot out my sin? And we've talked about this word in the Hebrew before. This is God's has said. It's his loyal love. It's his ultimate goodness. It's his covenant, his covenant mercy, right? So David experienced this before and he had experienced the multitude of God's tender mercies before. And so he knew that he could ask God in this way. He knew that even though he had failed, that God would remain faithful. And so he was desperate for an outpouring of God's loving kindness. And, you know, and so again, you think, man, I know that I'm wrong and I know that I'm wrong, but I'm so confident that you're such a good God. And I'm so confident that you were merciful for me before, that you will be merciful for me one more time. Have mercy on me one more time, God, according to your loving kindness, according to your measure, which is immeasurable, right? And so this is the confidence that we can have to come to the Lord knowing that he will cover us with his love and his love covers a multitude of sins. Also, something that I want to point out in verse three is that he says, I acknowledge, right? There has to be an acknowledgement of our transgressions. He said, I acknowledge my transgressions. And as I said before, and my sin is always before me. David realized that it was not just one thing, right? But it was multiple transgressions. And again, as I said before, he did this without excuse. He did this without blame shifting. He did this without rationalization, right? In the many months between the time that David had committed these sins and this confession, he had not escaped the weight of his sins. It was always before him and he acknowledged it. And we may or he may have done his best to try to ignore it, try to keep it, you know, under the rug, as they say, or to even deny it. But as a genuine child of God, right, he could not escape it. He was in unconfessed sin. And because he was in unconfessed sin, he was miserable in it as a child of God should be right. Sin separates us from God. And this must have broken the heart of David because David loved the presence of God. He knew God's mercies. He knew God's presence. He knew, oh, that's all he wanted to do. And so now he was miserable in this unconfessed sin. And that is what we experience too. When we choose to sin and we choose to, to get ourselves in bondage, especially when we know that there's a better way, when we know the presence, when we know how good it is to be living righteously. And then again, because of whatever scenario may have come about, we started backsliding and getting ourselves entangled. And now you're miserable because not, you can't even, I'm going to tell you, once you know God, and even if you drop into sin, you can't even quote unquote, enjoy that because you're just full of the guilt of it. You are miserable in that unconfessed state. And that's why God doesn't want us to stay there. He wants us to come back to him. And so like I was just saying, living in unconfessed sin is like living in captivity, right? We don't, don't stay separated from God. If you've made a mistake, if you are choosing to live, you know, in, in, in some type of hidden sin, 
Acknowledge it. Repent from it. Ask the Lord for forgiveness and trust that he will have mercy upon you according to his loving kindness, according to his measure, according to all that he has for us, the multitude of his tender mercies. And so now we get further into this, the, the details of his request before the Lord. Verse, um, you know, cleanse me in the hidden parts. This is really picking up in verse, let me see. Yes, verse six. So David said, behold, you desire truth in the inward parts and in the hidden part, you will make me to know wisdom. And then he starts going through different words to describe how he knows he needs to be cleansed. And so David was looking for a deep, deep cleansing. David did not cry out for just a superficial change, but something much deeper. In other words, he said, I know I was born a sinner. I know that was in verse five, right? Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in my sin, my mother conceived me. He goes, I know from the beginning that I'm a sinner and that I need you, that I can't do anything without you. But Lord, I also know that you desire truth in the inward and hidden parts. And so David was asking for a deep cleansing down to the root of the problem. This is the way that we should acknowledge the Lord and come before him and ask the Lord to heal us in this way, right? Did my sinful actions actually stem from a deeper issue? Why am I continuously falling into this sin? Why did I act out in this way? Do I have a deep root that needs to be addressed? And Lord, I need you to expose the junk drawers of my heart. I need you to expose the real reason. Like, what am I really struggling with? Right? If I'll, if I need to confess because I, I, I spoke out in anger or I spoke out in wrath. You know, what is the root of that problem? Do I have a spirit of anger that needs to be pulled out? Do I need, um, you know, is there abandonment? Is there unforgiveness? Is there resentment? Like, what is it that I need to get to the deep root of it so that I can be healed thoroughly? I can be cleansed thoroughly and no longer, um, no longer a, a victim of this deeper issue that I no longer act out in this way that I no longer have to go to alcohol or go to sex or go to something else because what is the deeper root of the issue and so David starts going into I need you to purge me purge me with hyssop and purge in the in the Hebrew literally means descend me, right? Like I need you to descend me, get it out. I don't want any more sin within me. Completely purge me. David looked for God to do a work of spiritual and moral cleansing, and he also asked to do it in connection with the atoning sacrifice of a substitute, right? He knew his New Test or his Old Testament laws, right? So hyssop was was used to apply the blood of the Passover lamb, Exodus 12, 22. Hyssop was also used to sprinkle the priest's purifying water. That's according to Numbers 19, 18. So in the Levitical law, it was the priest who used the hyssop to sprinkle the purifying water. So here, David petitions the Lord to be his priest directly. David didn't think for a moment that he could cleanse himself. He needed 
God to cleanse him. And he didn't even want to go to his own priest. He said, I need you, Lord, you, Lord, to purge me. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. And so this foreshadows, this foretells how Jesus is our high priest and we can come to him directly in repentance to be purged of all of our sins by the blood of Jesus and know that we will be clean. So we've said this multiple times that David was ahead of his time. This was actually a prophetic moment, even in his, his, this, this low that I guess you would call it, right? This low that he was in, he was prophesying of a relationship that was to come through Jesus Christ. He goes, I don't even, I don't want to go to the Levites that I have that are right now worshiping before the Lord. I want to come directly to you because I know that if God, you purge me, that if you purge me with hyssop, then I shall be clean. It is, was a, 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 um, it was a condition. His condition was something that could only be cleansed by God himself. And that's, that's, that applies to all of us. All of us, all of us can be cleansed by the blood of Jesus, the ultimate sacrifice. And all we have to do is come to the Lord and ask for him to purge us with the blood of Jesus. Then he says, wash me, wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. So again, a direct action between him and God. And the Hebrew word that's used here for wash is not the one used for like a simple cleaning of a dish and water. Like, oh, I'm just going to dip it in there and now it's clean. No, the Hebrew word here for wash is the one for the washing of clothes. How did they wash clothes back then? They would beat it with a rock. They would pound it, right? It, this was an intense action. This was an intense process. And David wanted a thorough cleaning from his sinful nature. It was like he was saying that his sin was a deep stain on his, on his clothing. And David needed, he needed the cleansing of God the same way that you pound a stain out of clothing to come and purify him. But he had faith again that God could do it. Right? Just like in, in, in the beginning of this verse, these are both verse seven. He would purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. This was faith. He believed that God could do it. Sometimes it can be difficult for us, right? It can be difficult for us when we're convicted to believe in such complete cleansing. We're like, man, can God really deal with someone like me, right? Our sorrow and our grief can make us feel like God could never forgive us. But the faith that David had is the kind of faith that we need. That if God does the work, that if it's God who cleanses me, that if it's God who washes me, then we know without a doubt that his cleansing, it shall be enough, that we shall walk out of there clean, that we shall walk out of there whiter than snow. We have to believe that the blood of Jesus is sufficient to cover any and all sin. I've had the conversations with people where the grief and the guilt is so heavy where they go, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm, I, I, I just, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I did that. And, and I just, I, I keep asking God to forgive me because I can't believe I did that. 
the first time you asked, if you asked in, with, in humility and you asked genuinely, then God already forgot it. He already threw your sins to the bottom of the ocean, right? He has already cleaned you. And if you don't believe that his blood is sufficient, then you're saying that his sacrifice on the cross was not good enough for you. And I'm going to tell you right now, it was good enough. That he actually died on the cross already keeping you in mind. He knew what you would do. He knew that you would do everything that you have done. Everything that you will do. And he still died for that reason. He still, his blood is still, it still works. It still works to cleanse us all. And it is enough. It is enough. And then I know we all love, love, love this, this verse, right? Create in me a clean heart. David felt that it wasn't enough if God just simply cleaned up the heart that he had. But this plea to create, it indicates that he needed a brand new heart. He needed a clean heart. The Hebrew word here that he uses is bara, which is the word that's used in Genesis chapter one, okay? This is the creation, creative work, the miracle work that only God can do. Only God can create. See, the enemy can't create. The enemy can mimic. The enemy has to use God's creation, right? But God is the only one who can create. And David asked for him to make him to create a brand new heart within him and so in this david anticipated again being so prophetic that he is one of the great promises to all who believe under the new covenant which was prophesied in ezekiel 36 26 i will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you i will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh so this is what he was asking for, a brand new heart. And we know by the scriptures of the New Testament that when we receive Jesus, that by the miracle of the Holy Spirit, we become a new creation. We are no longer who we were. We become new in Christ. And so not only create in me a new heart, oh God, but renew a steadfast spirit within me. So along with this new heart and this clean heart, David needed a steadfast spirit so that he can continue in the way of godliness. Not that you got me a new one. I don't want to mess this one up, right? This expressed his humble reliance upon the Lord to say, Lord, create the new heart, but then give me a steadfast spirit so I do not mess this up again. Kun is the word in the Hebrew for steadfast. It means to be firm. It means to be stable. It means to be established. It means to stand upright. And this is the kind of spirit that we need in order to resist the temptations of the devil. We got to say, I don't want to so easily fall again. Lord, make me firm. Make me stable. Help me to stand upright so that I can keep this brand new heart clean and humble be for you. And then he says, don't take your spirit from me. We know that David saw firsthand what happened to King Saul when he would not pre repent from his sinfulness, right? The Lord took the spirit off of Saul and then he had distressing spirits upon him. And it was David who would play the harp and those distressing spirits would leave. So David 
was under Saul, right? Serving Saul when he saw firsthand what would happen to a person when they did not have the spirit of the Lord upon them anymore. And he goes, I don't want that. Lord, please have mercy on me and don't take it away. Don't take away my anointing. Don't take away the Holy Spirit. I don't want to live like that. David was pleading for God to restore him. So that he could live in that restored, intimate relationship with God again. You know, thankfully, under the new covenant, the Holy Spirit does not leave a child of God, right? Once we are, we accept Jesus, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit, we, he, he doesn't leave us. But you better believe that you can grieve the Holy Spirit. If you start choosing to not live holy, to not live righteously, we can grieve the Holy Spirit. And because of that, we're no longer hearing the Holy Spirit. We can no longer get guided by the Holy Spirit, um, even though he's within us, but he's grieved. And that's according to Ephesians chapter four, verse 30. So trust me, if you start choosing sin, you're going to feel those walls of separation between you and God. And then you're going to have to spend time breaking through again so that you can hear and feel the presence of the Lord once again. And I shared, you know, on Sunday, uh, or it's not Sunday, on Monday night with, with the group that when we had our Zoom discussion that I experienced this, right? I, I had the Holy Spirit when I was growing up in church, right? I, I, I heard from the Lord. I had, you know, by the grace of God, a lot of experiences with God at an early age. And then when I went away to college and I started, you know, not exactly walking the way I should have been walking, right? Letting myself be tempted by, you know, different pleasures and things like that, that, at one point, I called my mom because I felt like I couldn't pray. I felt like this just separation. And I called, well, I was in Boston, she's here. And you know what? Thank God for good mothers who just know how to have wisdom in the moment. She didn't ask me any questions. She didn't yell at me. All she did was intercede for me. All she did was stand in the gap for me. And she prayed for me over the phone. And I knelt down on, on the side of my bed while she prayed for me. And, you know, and I felt better after that. But see, when we can, do I not think the Holy Spirit was with me? No, the Holy Spirit was still with me because he was bringing me conviction. But I felt separated because of the choices that I was making. And glory be for the Lord. Thank you, God, for your blood. Thank you, God, for your forgiveness that, you know, here before you stands the woman of God that I am today, right? Not from my own work, but because of the goodness and grace and mercy of God who kept me, who kept me safe and allowed me to not stray very far before he... <laughs> before he definitely knocked me over a few times a correction amen thank god for that rod right your rod and your staff they comfort me lord amen so david continues restore to me the joy of your salvation and i'm sorry i know that i'm going a little bit fast because there's so much in here um and honestly i feel like we could spend weeks in this chapter um but i hope that at least this overview gets us to a point where we can apply the scripture to our lives. So David says, restore to me the joy of your salvation. As we said before, clearly in these many months of his unconfessed sin, David felt the misery of spiritual defeat, right? He was feeling spiritually defeated, but he wanted to once again feel the joy of God's salvation. He wanted to feel that joy that he used to feel every time that God came to his rescue, right? He said, please restore to me your joy, right? The joy of the Lord is our strength. And without his joy, David was feeling 
week. And then I love verse 13 too, because he says, then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners shall be converted to you. In other words, Lord, if you restore me, if you restore me and you return to me the joy of your salvation, I will teach others in my same situation how they can also be restored and converted to you. I will write this song and I will send it to the chief musician. I will allow this to be written. I will allow this to be sung. I will allow this to be repeated so that others can know that if they come to you in the same way that you can clean them and restore them and that you can do a beautiful work. See, God doesn't waste anything that we go through. God is faithful to save us because as he saves us, he knows that he can use us to save others as well by the power of our testimony. And so this also brings me to the fact where I talk about sing a new song, right? We have to testify of what God has done in our lives so that others can know that they're not alone, that others can know the way to victory, to know the way out of those dark pits, to know the way out of depression, to know their way out of bondage. It is because when you're there, your song can be the blueprint for someone else's breakthrough. And that's exactly what David was asking for and what David has done, what David did and what we're still talking about today, his testimony. And the last thing that I want to talk about is that true repentance leads to true worship, right? He says, open up my lips so that my mouth shall show forth your praise. For you do not desire sacrifice or else I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. These, O oh God, you will not despise. So that was in the New King James Version. But I want to read to you the message translation because I really like the way that it paraphrases this. He says in this translation, going through the motions doesn't please you. A flawless performance is nothing to you. I learned God worship. When my pride was shattered, heart shattered lives ready for love. Don't for a moment escape God's notice. Wow. Heart shattered lives ready for love. Don't for a moment escape God's notice. I think that is so, so beautiful. You see, God is not interested in worship that looks good on the outside, but but we never deal with the sin issues in our heart, right? You can show up to church looking like you got it all together. You can show up with the perfect little outfit. You can show up with your hair in, the, in, in all the right places. But if you have sin issues in your heart, then unfortunately, I'm going to tell you that the Lord is not going to desire or he's not going to accept your sacrifice. But if we come before him authentically, we come before him even looking like a hot mess, but our heart is completely convicted and our heart is genuinely seeking the forgiveness of God, then you will receive it, right? He ends the song going, Lord, then you will be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness, right? If our hearts are in the right place, then we can offer the sacrifice of our praise. But if our hearts are not genuine, if we're just... As you know, it says in the New Testament, whitewashed tombs, right? Where we look like we're clean on the outside, but we're actually dying on the inside and we're not choosing to address the issues. It's going to be for nothing, right? We want the Lord to offer 
to, to accept our worship. We want him to, you know, more than anything, he wants you to be, he wants your heart healed. He goes, I don't care about the rest of this. I don't want you to sacrifice to me if you, we haven't healed your heart. I don't want, I don't want you to even bother <laughs> unless we can deal with the issues you've got going on inside. So come to me, says the Lord, with a broken and contrite spirit and I will hear you. I will not despise that. I will not look away. God doesn't look away. Make sense? Amen. All right. How do we practically apply this to our lives? Are you guys all with me still? <laughs> amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. What are you taking away from today? What are you taking away from today? Let us know in the chat. What is that nugget of wisdom or that scripture or um, what did the Lord say to you? What did he remind you of? What did he teach you for the first time? What is he convicting you of in this moment? What are you taking away from today? Let me know in the chat. And while you're writing that, I'll give you a few, <laughs> few reminders. Remember, we are all in need of a savior to take us from being born in sin, being a sinner to a child of God. So if you have never accepted Jesus before as your personal savior, if you have, but you've been living a little not the way you know you should be, you've been transgressing, you've been outside of the boundaries of God, come back to Jesus. Accept Jesus today. Ask him to cleanse you with his blood and you will be clean. Ask him to purify you and you will be whiter than snow. Ask him to return to you the joy of your salvation and you will be filled. Amen. Pastor Selena over here on Facebook says, stay in a posture of humility and repentance. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So good. Because God's never going to despise that. He's never going to despise that. He's going to welcome that, those prayers and that worship. And ask God to create a clean heart for you. Say, Lord, I don't want, I don't want to keep dealing with the same things over and over and over again. I don't want this to continuous, continuously be an issue in my life or in my family's life. I want to break this curse. I want to break whatever it is that's making me in a certain way or fall into these temptations. So Lord, create a brand new heart for me. Amen. Kidget says, thank God for praying mothers or other family members who pray for us when we need someone to join us in prayer. Yes. Amen. Know that God's mercy is brand new every day. Yes, it is. It is so good. So let's continue to seek God's forgiveness. It is the pathway to freedom. It's the pathway to joy. You are this close to receiving your breakthrough if we come to the Lord and truly, authentically ask him to forgive us of our sins. And then we change our ways, right? Go and sin no more is what Jesus said, right? He, he, he wants us to come to him as we are so that way he can clean us up. He's the one who can clean us up. You don't got to clean yourself up first because you can't clean yourself up first. Just like David said, he goes, I need you to wash me. I need you to purge me. I need you to cleanse me. And so come to the Lord so that you can receive your freedom and you can receive joy, 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 joy. 
And then even, I know we just said this too, but recognize that a soft heart and a humble spirit are pleasing to the Lord. Soft heart, humble spirit, right? Because if we have a prideful spirit, then we think we got everything right. We think we're doing everything right. I don't sin. I'm, I'm a woman of God. I don't, I'm good, right? No, that's pride speaking. Because if you, when we keep ourselves soft and humble, we realize that we make more mistakes than we think we do. And when we ask God to expose the hidden parts, right? To go down into the junk drawers, into the basement of our personality and clean it up. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes we, we try to take those personality tests and those other things to say, oh, that explains why I am the way that I am. So now it justifies your behavior. Mm-mm. No, if, if you got, if you got an issue, it needs correcting. It needs cleansing from the Lord. Don't justify your personality. Say, God, clean up my personality, right? Make me more like you every day. And so let's continue to pursue holiness by remaining humble and remaining moldable in God's hand. Make me more like you, Lord, cleanse me. Cleanse me, clean me deep down. Get to the root of all my issues, God, so that I can, I can offer you the worship that you desire. Amen? All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, Lord, we just thank you. We thank you, thank you, thank you for your mercy, God. We thank you that your mercies are new every day. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness, God. We thank you for the your, your tender mercies, Lord, the multitude of your tender mercies, God. Lord, we thank you that you blot out our transgressions, that by the blood of Jesus, by the sacrifice that Jesus did on the cross, that his blood is sufficient to cover any and all sins, God. And we thank you that through the blood of Jesus, we are made righteous and that through the blood of Jesus, by believing in Jesus, by confessing with our mouth and believing in our heart that we are saved, God. And so, Lord, I thank you for salvation. I thank you, Lord, for the ultimate purging of our souls and our sins by the blood of Jesus Christ, especially in this week that we're remembering and honoring, Lord, that not, not only the, the deliverance of Passover, right, but the ultimate deliverance of our souls through Jesus Christ and his his sacrifice on the cross and his overcoming of death and sin by rising again on the third day, my Lord. Lord, we thank you for resurrection power. We thank you that we can become new creations in you. And Lord, we put our trust in you and we know that Lord, while we are not perfect, but Lord, we strive for excellence. We strive for holiness. Holiness, Lord, help us to pursue holiness. Lord, to, to go, to stay within your boundaries, God, that we shall not transgress, my Lord. Lord, I thank you. God, for what you're doing in our lives. Keep us humble and keep us in a repentive state, Father God. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen, amen. All right, couple of announcements and then we will take some prayer requests. I pray that this was a blessing to your life today. Um, Ways to stay connected with the Soul of Worship Ministry. This is our weekly Bible study schedule. On Mondays, we have a Zoom group discussion at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. So if you want more of a conversation style, I would encourage you to join us there. We have, you know, a great group um, that, that joins us on Monday nights. And then on Tuesday, you um, I send out an email with the whole PDF presentation, the PDF download. And I also load it up into the workshop, which is our online learning portal. Then on Wednesdays, as long as there's a Monday night Bible, 
Bible study. I do this Wednesday recap, this lunchtime live at 12 p.m. Eastern time um, via Facebook and Instagram live. And so I encourage you to continue to join us every single week during this time. And then by Thursday, I also upload this Facebook live video to the workshop, the online learning portal. I load it up into YouTube if you prefer that. Also load the audio to Apple Podcasts. So if you ever miss it or you want to rewatch or you already caught the tail end of this or you were at the beginning and you know didn't catch all of it or you just want to go back to previous weeks there's many ways to stay connected and to um to to continue to dive into all of the resources from this ministry if you would like to register and you haven't already, I would encourage you to go to soulofworship.com forward slash online Bible study. And there you put in your first name and your email and you'll be on the list. You'll get the Zoom link. You'll get the Tuesday email and any other reminders um, and words of encouragement that I send out throughout the week. Uh, this is it. for those who are on Facebook. You can see that this is the what the workshop looks like. Our online learning portal. Um, it has the recap video. It has the PDF downloads for each lesson, and so you're able to have it all in one place. Again, you can go back to week one if you want to, um, or study at your own time. You can also feel free to use this material to teach others. If you lead ministries at your own church or small groups, please feel free to download and and use it. Um, it is meant to be used. Um, and you can also leave comments and questions and I get the alerts and I'm able to respond to you if you have, um, you know, anything you want to put in there. And not only does it have the Psalm study, but it has all the studies that we've done over the last uh, couple of years, actually three years now. And so there's lots of Bible studies in there that you can use as a resource. There's, you know, Ephesians, Hezekiah, there's um, Galatians, there's a study, um, a specific one on on women, Steadfast Hope, there's the Acts study that took us a year or two. So all of that is in there. There's there's plenty of material and I really encourage you to take a look. So again, that's soulofworship.com forward slash workshop. If you don't connect with the Soul of Worship Ministry, I would encourage you to follow on Facebook, Instagram, Apple Podcasts. Um, also, the podcast is actually on Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. I think it's on like eight different um, podcast channels. Um, and then I mentioned the online learning portal, the workshop, create your login for that. Um, also, you can follow on YouTube at Soul of Worship Ministry. And if you feel so led, you can support the ministry. You can sew into Soul of Worship at soulofworship.com forward slash partner. You can do a one-time gift or set up a recurring if you feel so led by the Lord. You can also support the ministry shop at soulofworship.com forward slash shop. You can get yourself a t-shirt that says make a sound, Luke 19. 40 um or worship is my warfare this is how i've had my battles we got a lot of t-shirts we got books we got mugs stickers um we've got kids downloads as well plenty um actually if you're on facebook i have a couple of oh, this exact shirt that i'm wearing right now <laughs> um just a little preview of some of the items that are on the shop um and so i would encourage you to take a you know to take a look through what we have in stock um and support the ministry as well as get something that you can use to remind yourself that you got to make a sound or that worship is your warfare. Amen. Um, so we still have a few hoodies as well. Um, perfect for the springtime. Mugs. 
The Lord is my strength and my song, the tie-dye tea. We've got a few left of those as well. Um, and then, as I mentioned, we also have our Praise Kids branch of the ministry, Raising Up Worship Warriors. We have a fall unit um, and a winter unit. And then there's also a, the spring-summer unit that's going to be coming out very shortly. Um, and uh, just more resources for for parents and Whoever wants to continue to raise up some worship warriors. I know I do. I know I do. <laughs> uh, speaking about worship, if you would like to learn more about the power of worship, I would encourage you to get my book, Worship, Are You Making a Sound? Um, it is a 12-week Bible study journey, diving deep into 12 different aspects of worship and how powerful it is. It gives you the scriptures to read, questions to ask, um, and you are... Um, you are just, you know, journal entries and guided through this deep dive into the topic of worship and praise. I also turned the book into an online course. So there's a video that goes along with every single chapter, um, goes through all of the questions and answers. And so if you want to go through it first here and then check the video, you can compare your, your, your answers. Um, and so you can grab the book and the course for a donation of any amount to the ministry at soulofworship.com forward slash course. So find out more there. Um, it's actually, I find a great, a great deal, a great little bundle there to get the book and the course at the same time, again, for a ministry donation of any amount, and I will get it over to you. All right, those are all my announcements. Um, how can we pray for you? So somebody let me know if there's a prayer request that you would like us to lift up in this day for you. Man, talking for like an hour straight, dry mouth. <laughs> I'll wait about a minute or so. Also, feel free that if you're watching this on our replay, that you um, are still able to leave comments and, you know, let me know if you have a, a prayer request, because we certainly will lift it, them up in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. If there is none, I bless you in the name of Jesus. I pray that you have a wonderful rest of the day. If you're still currently typing and you still wanted to get through, um, I will certainly I can still see comments after the live ends. So you can you can still add it um, and we will pray. But um, I bless you in the name of Jesus. I pray you have a wonderful rest of the day. Happy Wednesday. Um, if you're local and looking for a place to worship, um, we have services tomorrow, Thursday at our church Pentecostal, Pentecostal Christian Church Mission of Love, uh, 7 p.m. Thursday, 7 p.m. Friday, um, and then on Sunday for Resurrection Sunday at 10 a.m. Uh, we're at Fort Jewelry Avenue in Penargel, so we invite you to come. All right, that's all. That's all I got, guys. Have a great rest of the day. God bless you. Thank you all for who were here joining, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Are you walking through a season of barrenness? Do you need to stir up spiritual growth in your life? In worship, are you making a sound? Author Sarah Marie Popolo shares praise and worship that will transform your walk with the Lord. You'll gain new insight into the powerful tool God has given you in worship. Walk through this 12-week Bible study and learn how to use your voice to declare God's promises over your life and watch your desert flourish into a garden of praise and triumph. Available at Amazon, your local bookstore, or at Trilogy.tv.
As a reminder, this Bible study is available as a PDF download on my online learning portal called The Workshop. To download this study with all of the notes and scripture references, please go to www.soulofworship.com forward slash workshop and join our community. The link is also in the show notes. All right, that's it for today's episode. Don't forget to follow the Soul of Worship ministry on Instagram and Facebook and join the email newsletter so you never miss out on new Bible study resources and live Bible study and worship events. Find it all on www.soulofworship.com. Until next time, keep on praising.